everyone, and welcome back to the second part of our two-part series on the art of conversation. I'm here again with EVPs, Tiana Doherty and Katie Petrick. Hey, ladies. Hey, Susan. Welcome back. And so in our first part, we covered the before and the during of the party, but we know checkout. What happens at checkout is so important. So let's get into what you do during checkout, having those conversations that steer the course for somebody to book a party. So, you know, we know that when the party's over and you're getting ready for checkout and booking conversations, you know, you've done a lot of things to lead up to that. But, but now, Katie, what happens when we get to, sh- to checkout? Yeah, I mean, you've probably already, like, I play a booking game, I drop my booking seeds, there's all kinds of training on those things, we won't get into that today. But the checkout is my actual one-on-one, face-to-face interaction time with the guests. And I have learned, I've practiced asking everyone about booking a party. And notice I say I've practiced, that, that feels awkward at first. But a little bit of a verbiage tweak and a mindset tweak, I think, can help you a lot with that. So my go-to line is, So what do you think about a party? And a quick tip about this, I make sure that I'm not asking this as she's filling out her order form. Her brain is, if it's focused on the order form, in order for her to transition to thinking about a party is almost like too big of a leap. So the confused mind says no, if you've heard that. Um, Her answer will more likely be no if you ask her in that moment. So make sure it's at a time when you're chit-chatting, you can have eye-to-eye contact and say, so what do you think about a party? Um, what's funny about this is sometimes you get the excuses. Um, we, we, get, we hear all kinds of excuses here, and we do have a little bit of verbiage for that um, with some of the objections that you tend to hear in the crowd. Yeah, so I agree. You do sometimes get those objections for sure. Um, but Katie and I, we do things a little differently here. I like to give choices. So I know, Katie, um, you'll ask, and then you kind of allow that one objection, right? Um, I usually will, you know, ask them if they're interested in hosting. If it's a flat-out no, then I'll just say, yeah, no worries, you know, thanks for coming and let it go. But most often what I hear is something more like, mm, I don't know, maybe, I don't, maybe this fall sometime. And I think fall is a perfect time, right? So I would probably say something to her like, fall is the perfect time to host, do you think August or September would work better for you? And then I just wait and I listen to her talk because a lot of times they're like, oh gosh, August is crazy, you know, probably September, or maybe they'll say, yeah, August is good. And so then after I listen to them, then a lot of times I'll say, you know, we have new products coming out in August. It really is the perfect time to be able to share what's new, even with your friends. And then again, I just let them talk. Um, And then once they say, you know, whether it be August or September, then I'd like to break it down one more step for them because I do most of my parties on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I would say, hey, I do my parties on Tuesdays and Thursdays. What do you think? Would one of those two days work better for you? And again, you're narrowing it down. So they may know like, oh, my daughter's got dance on Tuesdays. Tuesdays don't work. Thursdays work. And when you narrow it down from this like big, scary decision that sometimes they seem overwhelmed because as we know, right, like sometimes there's so many things going on in our lives that it's hard to just say yes, because we don't even know like when we should like when that next open date is. 
But when you can break it down to what month and then what day, it makes it so much easier for them to manage. And this is never about pressuring them into anything. It really truly is just showing how they can fit hosting into their life. And then remember also one of the most important things is a booking is not a booking until it's on your calendar. And so that's another reason I like to break it down by month, by day, um, and then I can just give them an offer then. Like, hey, so I, Thursdays work best. These are my next two Thursdays, or this is in the month they chose. Um, and then it doesn't feel like you're chasing them down to try to figure that out after the party. Like, it's a booking when it's a booking on your, on your calendar. And it's so much easier to get that booking written down, penciled into your calendar um, before they leave the party. Because otherwise, sometimes those bookings never happen. Oh, Tiana, you know, so, you said a, a few things that I think are just key. One is I love that you take them from like this big, oh my gosh, I don't, can't decide all of that right now to month, to day, to, you know, you, you narrow it down so it makes it easy for them. The other thing, and this is so awkward, is to stop and listen. Because a lot of times when you ask someone a question, they, it takes them a minute to figure out what their answer is going to be. But you, it's just natural to want to fill that gap because that pregnant pause is, it just feels awkward, but it's really important to stop and listen. And then the third thing that I, that I noted and I remember doing is when you tell somebody that I'm just going to pencil it in the calendar, even if it's, a, you know, um, not a physical calendar, it says, oh, okay, I could change the date, but you've got something that you've locked them into at least leaving a party. So like you said, you're not chasing them down. So Katie, you, you have a little bit different approach. What, what, what do you do instead? Yes. So if someone tells me, no, just like Tiana said, I, I believe them, right? If someone says, no, thank you. I say, all right, thank you so much for coming. But women very rarely give a flat out no. Um, they usually give a reason why they can't. So if they give an objection, I will give a comeback, but only one. And first I will affirm or throw them a compliment if it feels natural. But I think it's important to hear, like read between the lines, hear what they're actually saying and give them one more step into possibly holding that party or not. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. And so I think it'd be great to go through some of those scenarios. Uh, so let's, let's start with you, Katie. What would be something that one of those objections? So one we hear is I don't have any friends, which um, to me tells them that they've had a party before and their friends didn't show up for them or they're a little insecure about that angle of it, right? Even if they've not had a bad experience, they're afraid of, of that their friends won't come. So I will say, and, and please do this genuinely, what I say is something along the lines of, you know what, I do not believe that for one second. You are so awesome. There is no way you have zero friends. And then I, there's usually a laugh and a smile. And again, please make sure that's truthful. <laughs> um, but then I say, you know what? I will show you how to invite your people so they actually show up. I've been doing this a lot of years. I know kind of the tips and the tricks to getting your people to come. I would love to party with you. What do you think? Um, and then I listen for her answer. If it's another objection, I thank her for coming and tell her that her products will arrive soon. 
Yeah, Katie, another one that I hear is my house is too small. I'm sure all of you have probably heard that at one time or another. But again, you know, just saying something like, oh, my goodness, don't worry about the size of your house. Seriously, we can stand in the kitchen while I talk and clean at the same time, you know, or I might say, oh, my goodness, my first party, I get it. Like my living room was so tiny. But you know what? Sometimes I just think it makes it feel warm and cozy. Everybody kind of snugs in, you know, not everybody needs a seat. Some people will even choose to just sit on the floor. Um, it's really just all about getting your friends together for fun. Don't worry at all about the size of your house. And another thing <laughs> I might offer them is if they're really adamant about, nope, my house will not fit, um, is there are oftentimes other places you can host parties as well. I've had um, you know, parties at a coffee shop, parties. So I think, again, when you have some tips or ideas to share with them, um, but again, just reaffirming that a lot of times it really doesn't matter the size of the house. Like it really is about just getting your friends together. So just affirming that with her. Sometimes I think when they talk about the size of their house, they might be in a house that's really, really beautiful and they're insecure that their house wouldn't live up, you know, or they're at a party where everything is perfect and they don't know if they can pull that off in their crazy busy life. Another one we hear kind of related to that is I wouldn't know what to serve, right? Like this, my, our hostess tonight has this huge spread. I have no idea. This isn't my thing. I wouldn't know what to serve. So I would say something like, again, affirm first. Um, you know what? I totally get that. Don't worry about that too much. Pick up some goodies at the store, like cookies or brownies and a bag of chips and dip. Um, it doesn't have to be super involved. What do you think about that? And I always say, what do you think? I offer, sometimes I think people want to be, mm, I don't know if talked into it is the right way, but they have an insecurity somewhere and, and you read, reading between the lines to help them nail that and give them a reason why that's not really a, a reason not to have a party. I also think Norwex is all about simplicity, right? Like we're, we're teaching them how to be able to clean and have it be fun and easy and fast and all of those things. And so reminding them of that, because Katie, I think you're right. Sometimes they're booking a party from maybe a home that's much larger than theirs, maybe a hostess that went all out. And so reminding them that Norwex really is about keeping things simple, for sure. And another one I hear is, oh, I'm just so busy, right? And I usually just say, oh, my goodness, I totally get it. You know, I think we all have pretty full lives, but it's so nice to get together with our friends, isn't it? Again, just kind of pausing and letting them talk. Um, plus, you're here tonight, and hosting really doesn't take much more than this. Like, it's just about, you know, getting those invitations out and keeping things really simple. What do you think? If you notice at the end, we always say, what do you think about that? Or would you be game? Or it's usually, I have tried to find some verbiage that makes me feel good and it's not too official and very conversational. Um, if the answer is another objection, I just smile and say, you know what, no worries at all. Thank you so much for coming. I mean, again, sometimes women don't, they don't think they can take something on. You help to kind of lead them to the place where they kind of see it as easier. I mean, we all know this is way easier than, than, it's made out to be, right? Um, but if they give another objection, then I just take that to mean, okay, she, she doesn't know how to tell me no. I'm going to give her an out, and that's okay. Um, and I smile, 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 no matter how I'm feeling about that, because I can't get my heart broken over somebody else's no. I just can't. 
Um, and I want to mention affirming for a minute. This is an important piece. Even if you don't agree with what they're saying, like I don't buy into the I'm so busy. Not that it's not true. I just don't. I feel like we all make choices about our lives, right? Norwex was a choice for me to leave that crazy busy lifestyle. Um, but I think we're not here to fight with anyone. Like it's really about acknowledging what they're telling you, then helping them to see a way around it. And if there is no way around it, then that's okay. Give them an out. This is a mystery to people. Like it's your job to let them know how easy and fun and doable hosting a party really is. That is so key, Katie. And I love how you broke it down where you're affirming or acknowledging that, you know, uh, yes, you, you know, you are busy because you're never going to talk somebody into having, um, having a party. So you're affirming, you're offering a solution, and then you're ending with what do you think, which is so different than would you like to have a party, which it, it's a yes or no response, and they're going to say no. Where do you go from there? But whenever you end with that open-ended question, what do you think, you know, then you're, you're going to keep that conversation going. So let's talk about some other, other tips. Any other tips? You've given lots of great uh, ideas on this podcast and, and the one that we did before this. But anything else? Well, a few other things um, really go along with what you just said, Susan. So it is about asking those open-ended questions, not just the yes or no. You know, what are you thinking? Tell me what you've got in, in mind. Um, and then it is just all about listening and pausing and really resisting the urge to go on and on because sometimes we just really need those bookings on our calendar. But let me just tell you that if you come from a place of desperation, it's not going to work, right? This, you, we really have to make this about them and what's best for them, not what we want for ourselves. So um, making sure that we're listening to what they are saying um, and listening to their answers. The number one reason people book parties um, is for fun. It's not even for free stuff. They want to know that you are going to come into their home and take care of their friends. You, they want to know you are not going to be the pushy sales lady who's trying to just pawn off her stuff and get people to book a party because she needs it. Um, Tiana, in developing this training, you said something that has really stuck with me, and you said it's all about how you treat people. So this has to make them feel easy, doable, fun, and they have to be able to trust you with that. So you have to make this fast, fun, and easy. Let go of the outcome. If their answer is no, it's nothing against you. It just means it might not be the right thing or now is not the right time. I like to say, I'm not sure if this is even your thing or not, but what about a party? I mean, even acknowledging, like, I'm not sure that this, this is something you've ever thought about, but let's talk about it, opening the door for that. Absolutely. And a Norwex party really is a gift. So we have to treat it that way. Um, just like you said, Katie, I really do think it's how we treat people. Run your business in a way that it makes you feel good. And offering a Norwex party, like I just said, it is a gift. So we have to treat it that way. We have the opportunity that we get to serve other people. And I just love, love, love that about my business. Sometimes um, when people have objections, we just need to make sure that we're affirming and we're hearing them. I hear what you say. Oh, my goodness, I used to feel the same way. But what I found is fill in the blank, right? Um, so it may, it may not always feel natural to you. It does take time. It takes practice. And it takes some repetition. Um, but really it is remembering that at the heart of it all, it is about serving others. 
asking the right questions so that they can make an easy decision, but then also, um, you know, making sure that it is about them and that this is a gift that we have to offer. Well, and I think both of you have an incredible gift of helping people feel that, uh, feel special. And, and you have obviously honed, you know, what you say over time. And you've both said it a few times throughout this podcast. You know, it takes practice. Skills take practice. You know, it might not feel natural right away. But I think that if you follow what seems to be this little formula that, that you both had for whatever somebody uh, says is an objection. And a lot of times, one objection isn't even the real reason. You know, like you said, their house may be small, but they may be looking at their friend's um, house, which is huge, and think, well, my friends aren't going to come, and I have a really small house. But you affirm, you know, so it's really three parts. You're affirming and acknowledging, you're offering a solution, and then you're closing with that open-ended question. What do you think? Um, so that it, it lets them process and a lot of times come back with, oh, okay, because you've shown them how really it could fit into their, into their lifestyle. And I'm just going to close with the Maya Angelou quote because I think it sums up what you all have been saying and sharing during our podcast. And that is, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And that is really at the heart of what Norwex is all about. So I hope that you enjoyed this podcast and until next time.